Hello, and welcome to another episode of Duff Shui, Weekly Duff. Give me 40 minutes or so, and I'll give you a duff or so. Today we are recording on Rosh Chodesh Elul. It's Thursday, late in the week. Yep, sorry about that. It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. Everybody's had a week. So, uh, Rosh Chodesh Elul. So we're, we're moving forward. We're moving towards... Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Yeah, no better time to be thinking about how to arrange interactions between people, how to figure out what it means when I'm giving you something or taking something from you. And here we're talking about it in terms of interpersonal relationships of buying and selling, but you know, every relationship is a relationship and should be given the same amount of thought and mindfulness and premeditation that these relationships are on the Gemara. So, we're moving on to the next piece of the Mishnah. We're going to be on, in a minute, we're going to be going to 36B. There'll be, of course, a link in the Dafshui notes to the various places that you can find the uh, page of the Gemara. Um, but we're going to go back for just one second to our Mishnah on 28A in the edition that was published by the brothers and the widow Ram Lo these 150 years ago or so. And at towards the end of the Mishnah, uh, this is we're almost finished with the Mishnah. We're like getting really, really close to the next Mishnah. At the end of the Mishnah, Amar Rabbi Yishmael of Medvarim Amurim Bistate Lavan Aval Bistate Ilan Kanasa Tuato Masakat Zaytav Kanasa Ketso Hare Elu Gimel Shanim. Right. So this is, the Mishnah is talking about the fact that now, if you, I don't know if you remember, but it, when we talked about this Mishnah, we mentioned the fact that this line of Rabbi Shmuel is either responding to what happened directly beforehand, that there is a dispute between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel that three years, whether three years actually means three years, or Rabbi Akiva says it means 14 months, one month before, one month one month at the beginning, one month at the end, and a year in, the, in between. Rabbi Akiva said it means 18 months, three months before, three months at the end, and, and a year in between, in the middle. And then Rabbi Akiva is responding to that, saying, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? We're talking about a field, a stale of a field in which all the fruit, all the, the, the produce are the same, and so they are harvested once a year. But in a in a field, a steilan, a field in which there are different types of produce, if you bring in the grain, you bring in the olives, you bring in the dates, that's considered three years, right? Those three different harvests are three years. Now, this could also, and most probably, who knows, is 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 commenting actually on the first part of the Mishnah where it says that all those things are three years. Okay, but the important point is that Rabbi Akiva has this new twist on what does three years mean. It means that if you do these three different types of harvesting, uh, then it's considered as a three-year chazakah. So now, on that, that's what the Gemara, that's what the Gemara is going to be commenting on. So we're going now to 36b, five lines from the bottom. Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about a field. That was the field in which all the fruit were the same, but we're not talking about that. In But if, when we're talking about a field where all the fruit are not the same, so then it's uh, once you get the three harvests of the three different types of produce, of usufructus, the fructus, then you have the, the chazakah. So now on that, because Rabbi Kiva divides it up, 
Abaye says the following. I'm Abaye. Mid Rabbi Yishmael, from this that Rabbi Yishmael said, Nishmal Rabbanan, it seems to the sages, if a person had 30 trees in a mata, in a, an orchard, um, and there were 10 to each piece of land that could produce a sa'a's worth of grain, aval achal if he ate the fruit of 10 of those trees in this year, and then the fruit of 10 of those trees in the next year, in another year, and the fruit of 10 of those trees in the year after, this is considered a chazaka, right? Because this Abai is saying that the rabbis are drawing out this implication from what Rabbi Shmuel said about the three different harvests. So now there's a little problem in the Gersa in the next in the next line. In the printed edition, we have Lav Mi Amar Rabbi Shmuel, and in most of the manuscripts leave drop the Mi, but it's still probably a rhetorical question. Lo Amar Rabbi Shmuel Chad Pera Habe Chazaka Lekulei Peres. So is your claim that Rabbi Shmuel said that you can make a Chazaka on one fruit, and it's if you're making a Chazaka on all the different kinds of fruit, right? So if you have one type of fruit, and so if you make a chazaka on the, on the, when you do a chazaka on the figs, it's on the same thing. That kind of chazaka works also for the others. That's why you only need three harvests of the three different ones. Hachanami here too. Hanu have chazaka lahani. Vahani have chazaka lahani. And so that's the same thing here where when you eat these ten trees, they are also a chazaka for the other ten trees. And when you eat the other ten trees, the next year, they are chazaka for the other ten trees, and the other ten trees, I mean, for the other twenty trees, and then the, at least the final ten trees, they are also chazaka for the other twenty trees. So therefore, and in that way, in the same way as Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel said in the Mishnah, you get uh, with these staggered use of the fruit of your field, you get a chazaka over three years, ten, ten, ten. Vahani mili hecha de la afiku. And this, however, the Stam says, this is only talking about, this is only in a case where uh, the other fruit, the, the other trees that you haven't eaten from have not produced fruit. Like they didn't, they did not pr- produce fruit. But if other trees, the other trees produce fruit, but you insistently did not eat them, you only ate from 10 fruit trees each year, then it's not considered chazaka because in an adverse situation, the guy who really owned the land or the guy would say, well, I don't care because he's not really trying to make a chazaka claim here. He's only eating, or she's only eating from, from a small portion of the trees. Okay. So this is not a frequent phrase. This is kind of a very rare phrase, bazi bazuze. So most people understand bazi bazuze as coming from the same word, it's kind of like the same word as baza, bet zayin ayin, which means to tear. It's actually that uh, uh, baza porfire is uh, to tear the garments, right? This is in, in Daniel. So buzzer means tear apart or to divide. Okay, so in other words, and that means that when you're eating each time you're eating 10 trees, you're not eating 10 trees in a specific area of the field, but you're eating 10 trees that are dispersed all around all around the field. If you're only eating 10 trees in a specific area of the field, then that is not, then that's more questionable, then that doesn't mean you necessarily 
have uh, a chazaka on the whole field. The other possibility is that Bazi Bazuze is the way that Maimonides in the Mishnah Torah understands it, that he says, that what are we talking about? Uh, what is this case? When the when he ate, the owner of the field ate some of the fruit, and the rest of the people came and they stole the rest of the fruit. Bazazu is like they took as booty or a lot. They, they took as, uh, they looted the field. Now, so that come that's looking at the word bazi bazuze is coming from the word bazaz, right? To loot. Um, and people are up in arms. Uh, the Rabad points out that this is this is wrong, and so so do other folks. But as the Meiri points out, the Rambam seems to go both ways, right? Because the Rambam just before this says, "Vahu shaya asara she'achal mafuzarot b'chol beit hashalosh sa'in v'lohotziu shari lanot perot." And this is talking about what are we talking? When the Rambam codifies this case, he says this is only talking about when ten, the ten that that he ate the fruit from were dispersed among all three of the sa'as, the beitza, the all three of the, the areas that produced uh, a sa'a each, and the other ones that were not eaten from did not produce fruit. But if the other if the other trees produced fruit, but he did not eat them, so then he only has a chazaka, he only can claim ownership on the part of the field that he ate fruit trees from. So, the, and this is the Ramah says just before he says this, the sentence that we quoted before, that this is talking about a case where he ate some and uh, some of the fruit and the, 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 the people looted the rest. And so the Rambam seems to be including both explanations of, uh, of Bazi Bazuze or taking the, that explanation as an additional explanation of, in addition to the Hanimili Hecha de la Afiku, Avlafiku Bloa Chale Loa Vehu de Bazi Bazuze. So, meaning that the Ram is saying there's an additional explanation on top of the fact that they produced fruit and that they were dispersed. So, he's using, he's actually, he has to be understanding them as, as both dispersed and looted. And then he says that uh, it's only in a case where, where either they were dispersed and that people looted some of the field or some of the fruit and took some of the other fruit. And he ate the rest of the fruit, which wasn't looted. Okay. So the question, the opening gambit here is how do you claim a chazaka, right? How, what is it? Is, we're again, we're still in the thick of this quandary of what it means to have a chazaka. That is when the necessary, what is the necessary mechanism or practice of claiming a chazaka, right? And that's what this discussion today is going to be about, more or less in the Gemara and the way the Gemara goes. What does it mean? We're going on, what does it mean to claim a chazaka, right? How do we demonstrate ownership is the question. Right. How do we demonstrate ownership? Does it mean using the fruit, the, the Roman term usufruct, is the fruit that is produced? Right? Do we have to show that we're using all the fruit or the fruit all, all over the field? How does that, what does that help? Okay, we're not really going to answer the question, what does that help? In other words, we could understand or we could imply what the symbolic effect of using the fruit, of eating the fruit is, but we're not, the Gemara doesn't really go into the symbolic effect of it. Okay. We're going to go on in the Gemara. Zechzik ba'ilanot v'zechzik ba'karka. The next case is, two people buy a field. One person claims ownership on the trees, and the other person claims ownership on the land. So now, what do we do? Amar Avzvid, 
said it's pretty simple. This guy who claimed ownership on the trees gets the trees, and this guy gets the karka, gets the land. So Rav Papa attacks him and says, these are two Babylonian Amoraim. Rav Papa attacks him and says, right, So if so, the one who owns the trees doesn't have any hold on any on any land. Doesn't have any hold on any land. So the one who owns the land could just say to the owner of the trees, take your tree and get out of here. El Amar of Papa, So rather of Papa says, what it means is the one who made a chazaka, made a claim of ownership on the trees, gets the tree out, the trees, the ilanot, the tree lanot. It's a new word. It's like a Ramah Hebrew word. Trilanot. This one acquires the trees in half the land, and this one acquires the land. That's what it means. What That's what happens when two people are claiming a chazaka like this. Now, before we go on, so when I was reading this, and this, of course, it seems to be a fantastical, perhaps fantastical case, or not, but it did bring to mind a midrash in Breshit, which explains the dispute between Cain and Abel and in in uh, the fourth chapter of Breshit, Pasuk Zion, but Yomer Kayan El Hebel Achiv, right? There's that odd verse, which is probably because there's something that migrated from chapter four to chapter three. But there's this odd verse where Kayan said to his brother Abel, and then it goes on, and then they were in the field, and then Kayan kills Hebel. So it never says really, it doesn't seem to say what uh, Hebel, what Kayan said to Hebel. So the Midrash says, What were they what were they debating? What were they discussing? They said, Let us divide the world. One should take all the land, and the other should take all the things that aren't land, the, the uh movable object. So one said, All the land that you are standing on is mine. And the other one said, Well, all the clothes that you're wearing are mine. Dain Amar Chalots. And so this guy, this guy said, take off your clothes. But Dain Amar Parach. The other guy said, well, fly, because you can't walk on my land. And it's out of that debate that, that Cain came up upon his brother Abel and he killed him, which is the next, the, the continuation of the verse. So I was just thinking that because this is what happens. You know, this is the end result of not being able to to have a negotiation, to come to interpersonal relationships in a certain such a way where they're not absolute. So I have no idea if uh, Rav Zvid had this in mind, but this was, uh, you know, this resonates, that res- that that midrash resonates in this situation where this one has the trees and this one has the land. Rav Papa saying, well, obviously, and soon we're going to uh, get to a machloket, whether uh, when you sell something, it's ba'ayin yafa or ba'ayin ra'a, which means either generously or or narrowly, or stingily. So Ravzvid says, no, absolute. This guy bought the trees, this guy bought the land. Rav Papa says, how can that be? Then this guy who has the trees doesn't have any land for his trees, and the guy could say, just take your trees and go away. Now, the Rashbam on this, every bunch of people are uncomfortable with this. Uh, the Rashbam and the Meiri and the Rashbah, 
bunch of the medieval commentators all understand is that akor ilancha vezol or akor ilancha shkol vezol that pick up your tree and uproot your tree and get out of here is referring not to now but the situation where the tree withered when the tree withered the tree owner is not allowed to replant it in other words there's no so the 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 karka guy is saying that the fact that you have a tree here doesn't mean and that tree is by its nature, you know, uh, getting its nutrition from the land, it's sucking up its nutrition from the ground underneath it. That's not a forever situation. That's a situation when this tree is still alive, the tree dies, then that's it. Then pick it up and get out of here. The Tosot and others say, no, actually, even though, and the Meiri quotes this and saying that this seems to be the, the shot, the literal understanding, because there's a core, pull out right now your tree and leave. At this moment, the Tosfot, even though this is the Pshat, but not the Psak. That's interesting. And the, the Meiri has this really interesting line that he says, And you should know that according to the way we're understanding it, according to our method, that in this Sugya, there, were, there are things that are mentioned that their understand, their interpretation is not like their literal meaning. Okay? Which is kind of a more generally applicable principle, but that's neither here nor there, right? And so one of those things is a kori lancha, pick up your tree. It doesn't mean pick up your tree right now and go, but it means that you, it means that you, you know, when the tree withers and dies, you go, right? There are two others. The other one has to do with chatzikarka. Does, when he says, the Rav Papa says that he buys the, the guy who acquires the trees gets chatzikarka. Everybody says it doesn't mean he gets half the land, but he gets enough land to around to be around the, the trees so that the tree can grow. How much is that land? It's actually an interesting. There's a there's a very pretty phrase that's used. Aravisalo, right? The picker and the picker's basket, right? The picker and his basket, right? the person who picks the fruit and the and the basket. That's in order for a person to get around the tree and be able to pick the fruit. That's how much how much land you need. Um, and the fourth, so that's also when it says chatzikarka, half of the land, it doesn't mean half the land. And the fourth thing is zechzik bekarka zechzik ilanot doesn't mean that this one gets the trees and this one gets land, but as we see at the end, this one gets the land and this one gets the trees and some land. This week's podcast is brought to you by Plugta, the original social conflict consultancy. Do you ever wonder why Hillel always won and Shammai went home empty-handed? Why Abaya always got the participation trophy while Rubba's opinion became law for generations? Well, we can tell you. Plugta will teach you how to lean into conflict, how to lean in so far that Uncle Max will cry uncle. Now you can get a free trial just in time for Tishabov. As Ram Das wisely said, if you think you are enlightened, go home for the holidays. Well, this time, when you go home for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, make sure that you go armed with the social knowledge that all your favorite sages had. This time, when your cousin Morty starts in again with his favorite troglodyte theory about politics, you will be prepared with a Raminu and Ibcha Mistabra and Adaraba, and he will be sitting in silence until next year. Right now, exclusively for listeners of this podcast, you go to www.plukta.com slash dafshui. You can take a free conflict style assessment test, and we will set you up with a very reasonably priced course that will make you the bar plukta to fear in no time. Okay. We go on. Pshita. So now the Gemara says, we understand. It's pretty straightforward. Machar karka v'shir ilanot lefanav yeshlo karka. If somebody sells karka, right, sells the land, and he leaves over some trees for himself, so he still gets the, the land around those trees, 
right? He has a, he, he sold land, says, no, but these two trees are mine. He's, he has the land where the trees, trees are. And this is even according to Rabbi Akiva, who in general, there's a principle that says, or not, which means that the person who sells something sells it with, with, with a, literally a, a, fi, a good eye, meaning a generous eye. So you sell everything. Now, it's not always generous in the end, but when you sell it, you sell everything. So therefore, it would seem that if you sold if you sold a field, right, if you sold a field and you left over the tree, so you would have sold all the dirt. No. Even according to Rabbi Kiva, it says, who says that you sell everything when you sell, you sell generously. Still, this is only talking about when you're talking about a cistern, different types of water cisterns, which are not dependent, that don't turn over the land. In other words, they don't turn over the ground. They're not like roots in the ground. Aval ilanot But trees that do uh, that go into the ground, where it's obvious that you need the ground around the trees and not just the place of the tree. That if you did not leave over, if you did not get leave that land, so then the guy would say to you. Get out of here, Ted, pick up your tree and leave. So once again, it's obvious that if you sell the land and you leave over some trees, that you also get some land. However, now, if he sold trees, all the trees, but he said, I'm going to keep the, the land, here it's a, there is a dispute between Rabbi Akiva and sages. The Rebbe Akiva Damar Mocher Ba'ayin Yefeh Mocher So according to Rebbe Akiva, who says that when you sell, you sell with an Ayin Yefeh, so you sold the trees, and therefore the Lokeach, the buyer, gets the ground that is needed to sustain the trees. The according to the rabbis who say mocher ba'ayin ra'a doesn't say here, but it says further on that you that you sell stingily. So let lay. So then the 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 buyers don't actually have the karka for the trees. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to pull up their trees, but right now, the Rabbi Akiva itlay. So Rabbi Akiva says that the lokeach that the buyer has the land around the trees. And even according to Ravzid before, who said, this guy gets the trees and this guy gets the land, period. And so therefore he said that the guy who gets the trees doesn't get any land. That's what I'm talking about when you have two people who come to buy a land and one guy says, I get trees, the other guy says, I get land. One guy said to the other guy, when... That which, what I have, I don't have anything in the trees. And for you, you don't have anything, in other words, and have anything, meaning have a, a grip, have an invest, have a, a, an ownership stake. You don't have anything in the land. But here, with the selling of the trees, you're selling to one person and it's it, you're selling generously. So that means that you, when you sell the trees, you're selling the land around it. This statement that which I don't have, just like I don't have anything 
in the trees. You don't have anything in the land. Actually, that's even more resonant, more echoing with that uh, medrash about Cain and Hevel, right? That's absolute, right? So that's bad. But Rabbi Akiva doesn't say that because Rabbi Akiva says, Mocher buying Right, that you sell it generously, meaning that you leave some of the, you, you're selling, obviously, you're giving the person some of the carcass, some of the land around the trees. The Rabbanan let lay. So according to the rabbis, the buyer doesn't have any claim on, on the land around the trees. But Fidel Rav Papa, Damar Yeshlo, and even according to Rav Papa, who in that machloket before about the two guys, said that the buyer does have, that the tree guy does have land around. This is only talking about when there are two buyers. He said there, it's because just like you were sold with a generous eye, so too I was sold with a generous eye, meaning that I get a little bit in, in the, uh, the, the, the land. But here, the seller sold stingily. And so therefore, no. So therefore, the buyer doesn't get any land. Amri Nahardai, so these, if you remember, we had the Nahardans there coming in. Again, we're going to have another couple in the, on, on the next uh, page. We'll get to next week. But the Nahardans, we already saw them before. Um, they talked about the fact that if you steal, you can't give it back. And the Nahardans said that if you eat them... If you ate from trees that were in a row, then you can't have, then there's no chazaka. In other words, if you just, if when, you, we're going back, right, the Nahardeans are going back to the beginning of the 10-10-10. The we have to halt cup, as it says. Right, we have to, uh, uh, now we just made a detour, and we're going back, and so we're going back to the original case of 10 trees, 10 trees, 10 trees, and if you eat, you have 30 trees, if you eat from 10 each year, it's a chazaka. So the Nahardeans said, if you ate them and they were just in a row, in other words, if you ate the produce from the trees, they were all together, or now ritzufin could either be in a row or tzifufin, and they, they were packed together, that there wasn't four amot between them, so that they didn't cover any the amount that one would think that ten trees would cover. So then uh, it doesn't, you haven't eaten enough produce from the field to have a claim. Matkifla rava, but rava challenges him and says, But what are you going to do when we grow alfalfa in a field and a guy just harvests the alfalfa and from a row, because that's how alfalfa grows, how is he going to own it? How's he going to make a how's he? That's all he has. And then he's going to say that's a chazaka, right? And that was one of the things you remember in the beginning of the, of the chapter that they were talking about harvesting alfalfa as as a way of, of claiming a chazaka. Ella amarava mecharan retzufin en lokaka. So Rav, Rava says no. It's not a chalan retzufin. Rava is a nehardayan. No, he's not the nehardai. Um, Rava says, if you sold them all bunched together, then you don't get en lokaka. If you sold them all bunched together, you don't get any land. You don't get the land that one would have normally gotten around the trees with these trees. Okay? You don't get the same type of land because it's not considered. That's not the same thing. That's either, even though you normally would get like in a triangular shape and then the land that's in between all the trees. But if they're all together, you don't get the same radius around each tree that you would have gotten. Okay. 
Amar Abzera Kitanai. So Abzera said, this is actually a Tanaitic dispute. This dispute between the Naradeans and Rabbah, this is a Tanaitic dispute. Kerem Shahu Natua Al Pachot Me Arba Amot. If an orchard is planted on, f- on less than four amot, it's a very packed orchard. Rubshun Omer Eino Kerem. Rubshun said it's not considered a Kerem. And sages say, no, it is consti- still considered a carom, an orchard, but you have to measure it not between each vine. You measure it actually between the outside rows, and you make believe that the inside rows are not there. Now, what difference is making is that it, it's carom has to do with with uh, various uh, laws of tithing and laws of mixing of species. And so whether or not it's considered a karam actually has some actual halachic impact. All right, we're going to end there. Next week, we're going to get to the Mishnah and through the next Mishnah. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Thank you so much. We're, we've kind of, next week, we might say some summary statements about what we've taken so far in terms of what it means to have a chazakah. And again, we might not because we're going on next week, we're going to turn into geographical locations and how to time and space and how that fits into this whole notion of having a chazaka or or challenging a chazaka. So it's the it's a it's kind of a moving target. But this week we we added a little bit to our knowledge that it has to do with also with eating the produce, benefiting from the produce, and how etc. and so forth. Okay, thank you so much for being with me for this this time, this week, this stuff. I am Aryeh Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. My thanks as always to the Dashui team, my Chabruta, Charlotta von Robert, my amazing producer, Eli Unger-Sargon, and the great graphics team of Shachar Cohen-Hodos, who designed the Dashui logo. If you enjoyed this, these 40 minutes or so, please go to the podcast page and give me a rating uh, if you give me a nice rating so it'll both apparently that's what people say allow other people to find this podcast easier and it'll make me feel good give me a bad rating it'll make me feel bad there you go so be well for your homework tell a friend bring them along next week to the bait midrash in the closet the safer at home bait midrash and then the sounds of Torah will spread all through our country Stay healthy, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, Chodesh Tov.